we'll just take a few minutes and center us on prayer. And I thought of uh, a passage in Philippians chapter 4. And I will take the time that um, I have left to focus us in one of the most um, powerful calls to prayer in the Bible. Philippians chapter 4. And I'm going to begin with verse 4, even though my, ba- my uh, focus will be on uh, verse 6. But I think verse 4 serves as a good prelude and a good foundation for the invitation that we have here in Philippians chapter 4 from the Apostle Paul in this extraordinary epistle that is the epistle to the Philippians. Well, Paul begins and says, Rejoice in the Lord always, even in January, even when the snow is outside and you got to clean your car and you got to shovel your uh, driveway, um, even when it snows more than you expected and have been praying against Um, But the Lord calls us to rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Why? Because it's important. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. And here's the, the, the punchline, the clincher of this passage. Do not be anxious about anything. Easier said than done, right? Do not be anxious about anything. But in every, say every with me, every. In every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And what is the result? And the peace of God which transcends all understanding, will, that's an affirmation, that's a promise, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I almost omitted the first two verses because um, really my focus was on verse uh, 6 on. But if you look at it, uh, they are integrally related. Because I think that verses uh, 4 and 5 are sort of the precondition, or, or rather, in a, in a sense, I mean, it's like a sandwich where you have, you have um, verse 4 and verse 7 as um, bookends to the middle. The Bible calls us to rejoice, to, to you know, let the, the blessings and the results of the Christian life, let the inheritance, the legacy of the Christian life be evident to all. Because why do people want to come to a church where people are all sad and depressed and passive and quiet and inexpressive and uh, captive to the same dynamics that the rest of the world that doesn't know Jesus Christ um, are? No, the world comes to a church and uh, we come to church because we want to see something different. We want to see the power of God manifesting itself in people who, yes, are struggling and are experiencing all kinds of uh, difficulties, but they can also experience supernatural joy, supernatural sufficiency in the Lord. We're real. I mean, we're not exempt from all the cares and all the tribulations that everybody else out there in the world is. And if you hear anybody else telling you otherwise, run for your life. Because we are all exposed to the same situations. But somehow, we are able to experience a joy that is unique. A joy that is not dependent on easy victory. 
It is a joy that is of the Spirit. It is a joy that knows that in the end, all things work out for the good of those who love the Lord. And uh, knowing that ending, we are able to go through different uh, situations. And even though in, at, at an emotional level, we are, you know, uh, buttressed and, and, and um, weighted down by the cares of the world, and yet somehow there's a, there's a, a bookmark in the end. Uh, uh, there is a, a kind of a latent joy that knows and confesses that in the end, everything will turn out well, that this process that we are going through, God has control of them. And he's using all of the experiences of our life to shape us, to form us, to strengthen us. So we're saying sufferings, you know, these sufferings in the Lord, actually they abound for our blessing. When we go through these sufferings, these trials in the Christian life, we end up more like Christ. We end up shaped, cruciform shaped by the cross, which is an important thing. So we need to, we need to um, live in that rejoicing. People need to see us rejoice. And rejoicing is a decision, somebody has said. It is something that uh, you have to decide. I think people decide in a way, and I know it's a very complex topic. You can decide whether to be depressed all your life, resentful, or you can decide to be joyful in the Lord. You can fight for joy. You can decide to live joyfully. Rejoicing is a command, but it's a soft command. It's not meant to add new burdens to you, but it is a call. There's a call to rejoice. If you're not rejoicing in that spiritual, supernatural, profound sort of way, do not be content with not having it. Call out to the Lord and, and set that as your goal to be able to be rejoicing because the world needs to see that. I will say it again, rejoice. The, the, the Philippians is, a, is an epistle to rejoicing. And who is, say, who is calling us to rejoice? A man who is in prison. A man who is not sure whether he will emerge from prison alive or not. This is the Apostle Paul. This epistle was written in a jail. Not a jail like the ones we have today, but a, a, a Roman jail. And this man has written this amazing epistle that is full of these callings and expressions of rejoicing. Let your gentleness be evident to all. You know, this is a tall order. And what makes us able to express these things that the Apostle Paul is calling us to express, it is what follows. But, you know, this gentleness, this word is not, um, it doesn't justify what uh, the word the Apostle Paul used in the Greek. It's epiakia. And, and uh, let your epiakia, let your gentleness. And uh, the, the word epiakia is a very profound, complex word. Look it up. Google it up. Epiakia. And uh, that word uh, means let your grace, let your graciousness, let um, your, uh, your wonderful way of living life and expressing tolerance and uh, um, compassion for others. Epiakia is, is the, the, uh, one of these sublime words of graciousness. And, uh, you know, we Christians need to be distinguished by this capacity to be a people of grace, a people of compassion, a people of mercy, a people of tolerance. Epiakia also suggests that um, you are able to see the good in others. You don't see people for what they are in the moment you're able to get in touch with that goodness that lies deep inside their soul, ready to be expressed. And you, in your gracious way of treating them, evoke and call forth that beauty that is in God. So we, we need to be a people of grace. We need to be a people of generosity. 
We need to be a people who will express the heart of Christ that saw Zacchaeus climbing on a tree there, this public and this betrayer of his people, this criminal in a way, this abuser of his position as a publican and as a collector of taxes, but who had a heart that yearned for forgiveness. And Jesus saw Zacchaeus up there and didn't see this man that needed to be rejected and condemned. He saw this soul that was needy and that was ready actually to come into relationship with the Lord. And Jesus called him out and said, Zacchaeus, I'm going to go have dinner in your house. We need to talk. And through that grace, that epiakia, this gentleness, which is really, as I say, we, we, evoke, we uh, think of gentleness as something very different from what I think is in the Greek original. It, it is a very deep word. So Jesus manifests this gentility, if you will, this graciousness of a spirit and uh, um, brings the, the goodness in Zacchaeus, who then asks for forgiveness, gives his uh, belongings and all that his ill-gotten earnings away, and also brings his other companions of sin into salvation. And this is what a piekia, this gentleness. And this is what uh, the Bible is calling us to be. Now, how are we going to be able to express that? How are we going to live out this life of uh, rejoicing and uh, gentility and graciousness? What energy is going to enable us fallen beings full of care, full of anxiety that sometimes lashes out to people when we're anxious and stressed. How are we going to manifest that goodness of Jesus Christ? Well, here's the answer. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Let me tell you, we cannot express the character of Christ. We cannot live out the Christian life effectively without prayer without periodic uh, comings before the Lord and having a dosage of God's peace and nearness administered to us. You know, some people who have diabetes, um, they, they have to go um, to the doctor regularly. People who have problems with their blood, they need to have their blood purified and they need to go and have a, you know, sort of a change of blood, if you will, almost a purifying of their blood. Um, people who have different kinds of illnesses and disease need to take some pills to keep their disease in check. Well, we need to have uh, periodic, regular dosages of intimacy with God and prayer with God. I've always said that prayer is not just submitting a, um, a laundry list of needs to the Lord. It's not like going to the supermarket and saying, Father, I need this, I need this, I need this, and putting in your cart, and then going off, and there you have whatever the need is. Money to pay this, you know, clothing to do that, housing to do this, and so on and so forth. One of the most powerful blessings of prayer is simply coming before the Lord, sensing His nearness, hearing His soft paternal voice saying, my son, my daughter, be still. I am with you. I am in control. And like a baby who, who gets a sense of peace from simply having their head on their mother's bosom and feeling the steady beat of her heart and having that mother or that father transfer to the child their sense of uh, power and uh, greater agency and control. And the baby senses that intimately, and he senses or she senses it um, subliminally, if you will. You know, they sense it, they don't know how, but deep in their brain, 
they are getting a sense of that everything is okay because they are protected by these strong arms that must seem, must seem overwhelmingly powerful to that frail child. And uh, there's that transference of peace and sufficiency simply by being in touch. And I think this is what prayer does for me, really. More than, uh, you know, my bringing to the Lord needs, which I do and which we need to do, really for me it's like an, uh, an addict or, or, or uh, a medically needy person coming and getting their dosage of medicine. For me, prayer is simply submitting my mind, which is full of care and anxiety many times, and wanting to control things and afraid that I can't control them. And as I hear myself communicating with God, somehow that brings my level of anxiety down. And, you know, I, I might as well be singing a lullaby or you know, saying nonsensical words, it doesn't matter what I say, really, ultimately. It is that act of being in communion with God, sensing His person, connecting my brain and my words and my body with the eternal dimension, and just uh, being there, receiving fresh energy, fresh vision, fresh perspective from the Lord through prayer. When you pray, you can do all kinds of things. You can worship. You can read the Bible out loud. You can just be still and uh, form words in your mind. Or you can express them. There are different ways. The important thing is that you stay in connection with God. That you take time to be with the Lord. And that, I assure you, will, will enable you to express the joy. To express the gentility and the grace of God. You know, the Apostle Paul says, the Lord is near. And that's what prayer does. It, it brings God near to our anxious mind, and it enables us to understand that ultimately it will be all right. Ultimately, whatever you're going through, God has absolute control of it. And we need to use that uh, gift of the Lord more and more, sensing the nearness of God. Continual prayer. Pray many times. The, the Apostle Paul says, in all things, pray. Pray always, it says. It's not that we have to pray 24 hours, 60 minutes, an hour. No. It just means that wherever we are, you know, it might be in a taxi. It might be while you're driving through Route 95. Or it might be at your work in a moment. You connect with the eternal. You remember that you're a child of God. You remember that God is in control. That he is your father. That he says, I will not leave you nor forsake you. That he says, I will be with you every day until the end of time. And as you reinforce that sense of God's presence and of the eternal that you belong to, that lowers your revolutions per minute. Do not be anxious about anything. Instead of being anxious, instead of exercising all that care, fretting, all that anxiety, turn that energy into prayer. But rather, in every situation, by prayer and petition, bring your requests to God. And I leave you with one last call to thankfulness and gratitude. That is, when, when we pray, I invite you and myself to give thanks to the Lord for your prayers that are being answered by faith. You may not believe it, believe it in your flesh. But as you choose to thank the Lord for having answered your needs, you are affirming God's goodness and faithfulness. 
and you are giving your brain a massage. You're saying, Lord, I thank you. I don't know how it's going to be done, but I know that you have heard my prayer. And you are answering my prayers. If you are praying to God, you must believe that God honors the prayers of those who come before him. And as you th give the Lord thanks and you live a life of gratitude, because gratitude is not just something you express in a particular moment. As you thank the Lord every morning for all the great things that he provides for you, as you, as you thank him, as you live a life of gratitude and you acknowledge that everything that you have is because of him. And by the way, don't just think about what you do not have yet. Think about what you have. All the wonderful things that are around you that God has given you. I was speaking to um, one of my sisters here. I won't mention her name. But, she, um, you know, God sometimes gives us amazing answers to our prayers. But then we realize that it's not a perfect situation. You know, there are still other needs that come. You know, there's imperfection still. But then when we look at our children who love us, we look at family, we look at health that we have, we look at the fact that we can eat pretty regularly, at, at least we have the warmth of a house, and we know the Lord, we know where our help comes from, we know about our, our eternal destiny. There's so many things to be grateful for. And uh, don't just look at what you do not have this morning. Don't just look at, this, at the um, snow out there and all the cold. The other day I was at a Christmas tree shop, and, um, you know, it was a, it was a kind of a, a cloudy day with, uh, with some rain. And the lady who was taking care of me at the cashier, um, she said something, which I don't remember what it was, but I took it to mean that, um, you know, she said, look at this weather, something like that. She said, look at this weather. And I wanted to kind of, um, you know, go along with uh, what I thought was her intention. I said, yeah, kind of very gray out there, isn't it? And kind of dismal. She said, no, it's so warm. And it was a really warm day. It was like in the 50s, uh, uh, one of those days that we have had uh, lately that have been out of season. And, uh, you know, it just struck me. I had to change my tune with her because what she was really saying, wow, what a great day. And she corrected me, by the way. You know, she was looking at the warmth. I was looking at the grayness and the dullness of the day. She was celebrating the fact that, you know, today could have been really cold and, and wintry, but it was warm, even though it was, yeah. It was a kind of a gray and cloudy. It depends what you are concentrating on. You know, and prayer has to be suffused with a sense of uh, gratitude as well. This morning, God asks us to look at all the good things that he has given us, that he will give us. He will answer our prayers. Be a people of prayer. With every prayer and supplication, with every, you know, it, it's an invitation to abundant praying and uh, to connect yourself with the eternity of God, his proximity in your life. We have a good God. And, you know, he's building something amazing in your life. Your children will be fine. Your marriage, with God's help, will be fine. Your health will be fine. Everything will be okay because God is with you. Amen. And you need to connect yourself with that truth. When you are tempted to look at the, this beast that is nar you know, snarling at you and threatening you, look at the chain around his neck that is, binds him and prevents him from doing you any real harm. Remember, God has said that you are like the apple of his eye. 
He has inscribed you in the palms of his hands. You are his beloved. And as you pray, he will make that even more clearly felt. We don't have a God of condemnation. We do have a God of, yes, justice and holiness. But he is also incredibly, incredibly gracious, gentle. And uh, that is the God that you have been drawn near to through Jesus Christ. This morning he's saying, I'm not condemning you. I am happy that you are my child. And I know that you can be naughty every once in a while, yes. But I love you. And I know your intentions and I know your heart. And I am going to take care of you. I am with you every day. So this morning, I ask us to just close our eyes for a second. Invite the sense of the presence of God in your life right now. God is taking care of you. He's saying, hey, instead of being anxious and fretting and thinking that you, that everything depends on you, if you don't do it, it's not going to be done. If you don't hustle it, it's not going to be provided. Rest in the Lord this morning. Rest in the Lord as I am doing right now up here. I have my own tendency to struggle and to be anxious. I need Paul's call right now to, instead of being anxious, turn my face toward Jesus and let him take care of me. Let him carry me. Let him carry you this morning. See yourself taking your burden as Hezekiah did, that those letters of war and declarations of war from that king who was much more powerful. Take the letter of uh, war that the enemy has uh, delivered to you. Take it in your hand right now and take it. See yourself walking into the throne room of God, crossing that expanse, arriving in front of his throne and look at his benevolent eyes. Look at his... Uh, smile, his paternal smile of welcome. He's not saying anything to you. He's just looking at you with those wonderful, kind eyes. And he's waiting for you to lay your burden, lay your document of doom before his throne. And do that now, as I do it right now. It may be a pretty thick, maybe a pretty thick document, but whatever it is, come on, just lay it down at the feet of God. And you will see how pleased he is now that you have done that. And you will see his uh, look of commitment saying, I will not disappoint you. I will not disappoint you. I will make sure that you receive the blessing that you need. I, I care for you. And I have you in the palm of my hands. And we thank you, Lord. We thank you for all that you have done this morning. We thank you because we go out into that cold world. But the sun is shining. It's a beautiful day also. And that you are with us. And I pray that my brothers and sisters will go with a sense of your company and your faithfulness and your love that you have made us feel this morning. And we send them off into the world, not just to survive, but to thrive and to give to others out of the excess that you are providing them. Thank you for Jesus Christ. And I bless you in the name of that powerful Christ this morning. Go in peace in Jesus' name. Amen.